Hey everybody, this is Issei Cosette, and you are listening to Issei's Way, your favorite podcast that you didn't know you needed, you didn't know we existed, but we're so glad you're here. And this week, once again, bringing wonderful people to share amazing stories, I have my baby brother, Mr. David Kamara, in the building. What's up? What up? <laughs> so David's always thought he's been like the coolest kid. He's the middle child, right? So... They say certain things about middle child syndrome. Trying to stand up because you're not the first and you're not the last. It's a favorite child. That's what he thinks. No, it's really every person in the middle child is a favorite child. How How so? It just is. Like, no. If you ask every middle child and every parent, they just have the middle child is a favorite child. That's what it is. It's like short man syndrome. You know how like you guys try to overcompensate because, well, not you guys because you're not short, but like the shorter people. No, but if you always look at the middle child, always gets their way. They just no, it is. The smith always gets their way. They're cared for, and, and but they're like, the first child is the, they're uh they don't know what they're doing. The last child is the baby, so they always baby them. The middle child is the person that gets the most like they know what they're doing. <laughs> no, they know what they're doing, <laughs> but it's not like but they don't they're not too uh soft on them. It's like a perfect, a perfect, perfect. Storm. like a perfect storm. Okay, I disagree, but enjoy it. it. No, for real. That what makes you feel better, <laughs> you know, and then that's what makes you feel better. But I know that I mean, I'm if, the favorite. If you did, a, I mean, everybody has to think that they're the favorite. But if you did, a, <laughs> <laughs> but if you did a poll, I promise you, the middle child is like, is always a favorite. You know, this is Issa Way, and typically we talk about, you know, identity and spirituality and later poetry comes in. Um, not only just being the middle child and you thinking you being the favorite and all the perks that come with it. You know, just tell the people a little bit about yourself and um, what you're doing. And Well, right now, well, right now I started a management company, so I'm managing athletes and artists. And I'm more going to be focused on more um, athletes further down the line. And just my connections with different athletes, people I went to school with, I played football with, um, and just just my just genuine connections with all these different people. That's always like, even though they went on to like, some of my friends are in the NFL stuff like that. Just because I was like a genuine dude, they always like look back and like help me out or like just wherever I'm in town, I hang out with them or just anything like that. They always know I've always been a genuine person, even if I told them the truth, even if they didn't like it. Like, that was just my main thing. So, this that was my purpose of trying to start, like, a management thing, just trying to guide different people. Um, Because sometimes they might not know, like, different things like that. I'm, um, like, new, like, when I got to college, like, different things I went through because I knew these different things. But it was, like, it's easier to you to push out, to block out somebody that is it's just one person doing it but if it's like a crowd of people doing it and just it's hard to do that so now just helping people navigate and not trying to get it taken advantage of by like these people who know that it's a business at the end of the day yeah that's my whole point of i know for me we're family but for me um mommy always showed us like I mean, she was single, but she always, like, asked people to help out and, like, asked for mentors or, like, when we were playing sports or putting us in different activities, you know, showing us it's not just her, but it's, like, a team, right? And so what you're kind of, maybe that, like, kind of inspires that because for me, how I network and move with people, it's just, like, I mean, I know I can only do but so much and also my fear, I'm not fear, but um, what pushes me to connect with people 
or connect to people who I see have similar interests is um, just that question because I think sometimes we kind of get scared or we don't know, you know, um, who may take my idea and run with it or it's just like, man, I think I want to go to college, but I don't know what college I need to, but someone's been there and they might connect you like, oh, well, I went to this school and it wasn't that bad. But in the athletic aspect, you know, I can't speak on that because I don't have those uh, talents, but I know people need those guidance and I'm sure even student athletes, especially in their pre- preparation um, for a draft, right? So, or even like coming out of high school, like you were like 17, 18 years old and you're you're looking at it as like, oh, I love football. I love the sport I play. You're doing it for the love of things. That's something that you've been doing since you've been like growing up. That's all you did. You play with your friends. That's all y'all did was play that sport. But not knowing that these are grown men looking at it from a financial, a business standpoint. And that's when you have to quickly realize that it's not about the love of the game anymore. It's about how much money you can make to most of these people. So how do you think you change or turn your passion into profit? Because I think we've been accustomed to just try to work to survive or just make money, find a trade, or like not even trade, just make, pick a major, and even if you like it, don't like it, try to make some money. Um, but now our generation are trying to turn our passion to profit with, you know, social media has helped, you know, people find different ways to be creative. But how do you think... Um, or how do you suggest people change their passions to profit? I mean, it just takes a certain, like me, like right now, I'm practicing, I do a trade, like I'm an electrician right now, but I, I know my long-term goal is what I want to do, a businessman, stuff like that, and it's just about living in the um, reality of the situation, like doing what you have to do at this moment. You might have to work a nine-to-five or do what you have to do, but you also have to focus on your passion, your purpose, or what you think, like, like I'm reading a book right now, it's called The Superior Man, The Way of the Superior Man, and it's basically about finding your passion, you know, your purpose of this life that you're, that you're living, not just waking up and going to work and just falling into that routine and that same cycle every single day, but it's like, I'm going to actually, yeah, I might go to work, do that work, but when I come home, I'm also going to go and do what I need to do, like, my actually find my purpose, about like that, and then at a period of time that when the time's right, everything's going to come together and you mm-hmm. can turn your passion into a profit type of thing and you can just leave that. Like McGraw said, you're doing everything you're doing right now is just keep your lights on. Mm-hmm. And that's something that you know, I've always, I, I took, you know what I'm saying, I never really, like I wanted to play in the NFL, that didn't work out for me. So I, you know what I'm saying, like the last time I um went for my pro day, like I told myself like I'm going to give it my all and if it doesn't go out, I'm going to move on. Mm. So it wasn't like, and some athletes, they dwell on it. I have people that like, like go through depression and go through different things because that's all they know. They have a lifelong dream. They wanted to do this. And then that, that just didn't work out for them. But me, I always knew that, yeah, I was going to play sports, but I wanted to do something else. I had a mm. passion for business. I don't know. It was just, I always seen like, like mom, like working, like mm-hmm. she never was like, she was self she was self employed for the majority of our life, so yeah. I just always had that mindset of like I could never really work for somebody. Like I'm right. gonna go, go do it for myself. I know for me, um, not only just seeing mom work hard and like seeing grandma work hard, it's like it's in our blood, you know, not only just okay, yeah, we can make our money, but like we kinda have to do for ourselves. And when I was working, so like in the last year or whatever, I like went through like five jobs in Puerto Rico. Like every like few months I was switching jobs and it was just like, I can't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't be there anymore. Or, um, 
I just felt like, you know, this is training. This is preparing me for where I'm supposed to go. You know, this is not my final setting. I'm not trying to be here forever. And I used to look at, you know, my coworkers like, this kind of sucks. How do you just, like, um, stay here and not aspire to do something? Or not? maybe they don't aspire, but they just realize, okay, this is it, and they stay there. But for me, after I had got fired, it was just like, wait. Why rush to go look for a new job when I have all the talents that I've been doing other people's job? I can do it just for myself, you know? And so now, even though it's not going to start tomorrow, but the fact that I can one day, you know, provide for myself, means I have to start now, you know? And I think that's important to be able to, like, use things that inspire you, like your family and experiences, like, you know, what you're saying with having um, with football and, like, realizing, well, sometimes I might have to find another way. And that's why I think I loved um, about being an interdisciplinary major is just, like, um, though we are taught to just think about one ways of getting um, to accomplish our goals, we realize that there's many ways, there's many roads to get there. And so with that major, with life's experiences, like, falling and getting back up, you know, I'm like, okay, well, Hey, I'm not a medical doctor that mommy wants, but, you know, I'll have a doctorate in philosophy in Caribbean literature one day, you know, and it took time, you know, to get there and it took a lot of failure. And sometimes it's like you, I I think one day, like the other day you were saying, you know, um, what the hell? Insanity is like doing the same thing multiple times, expecting the same result or different result. Exactly. And so it's just like. I feel like sometimes we get so stuck on accomplishing certain goals or we're like, okay, we're just going to keep doing the same thing. But it's like, no, if that doesn't work right now, there's other ways and you'll eventually get there, you know? And me, it's like, not everybody has a dream of being that, you know what I'm saying, like running their own business. Some some people, that's just their dream of like, not even their dream, they're just satisfied with going to work living a comfortable life and that's could be somebody's like I'm saying everybody has their own thing like that there's no way this world's gonna work if everybody's you know what I'm saying doing oh I'm gonna be this I'm gonna be this at the end of the day there's gonna be a worker there's gonna be a thing. right that's just how this world is but when you know that that's just not for you then you can't really settle it it's not gonna be um it doesn't sit right with you when you know that I should be doing so many different things but I'm just gonna settle to do this because not even that you don't want to do it, just fear of failing or just fear of just like not the uncertainty of like working for yourself or one of these different things because that that's not um a, a, for a certain paycheck like not every week you're gonna get paid mm-hmm. every week you're gonna you know what I'm saying so you just have to be able to step out of your um comfort zone and just be okay with being uncomfortable that's all really what it is yeah definitely that's true that's how you learn I think we we have that mindset um, because our parents, you know, are from Africa. You know, we got to we gotta um, make it no matter what, and, and we're gonna keep trying to provide and to focus. And um, I think it's interesting how you said something earlier about like how mommy's always worked for herself, you know, and provided her own business. How do you feel um, as um, a first generation African American? You know, that mindset pushes you. To continue to like be comfortable, like get yeah, getting uncomfortable and grinding and being able to work. I mean, I'm just glad that we weren't like forced to do like yeah, like growing up, mom. We all said it's my doctor, it's my lawyer, it's my engineer. Like, but she never really forced it on us to like say you gotta do this, you gotta do that. She always just let us like go with the flow and let's know that we will find a way no matter what. Because when you force somebody to do something, like they're gonna at the end of the day, they're gonna yeah, they might do it, but they're not probably happy what they're doing or they might just um 
have a thing towards you because you forced them to do something like that. And I'm just glad that see, we never were forced to, and it just helped us do, um, find yourself like growing, mm. like individually, like to just keep moving forward, and not just saying you gotta do this, you gotta do that, or you know what I'm saying, or if you fail at one thing that they look down on you. Well, like in most African communities, they they. Look I would say that's so different, they, right? Like, like they look down on you, like. If you're not the the doctor or the lawyer, they look down on you, and it's like I'm glad that it wasn't it wasn't like that. And just mm. being first generation, just we always had that culture, that hard working, uh, no matter what, that we're just gonna go get it. Like you can't, you don't have really time to um, complain about certain things. This is what it is, and you gotta keep working. And it's working hard. Is there's no substitute for working hard, no matter what. Mm. And that's just the main thing. That just having that culture behind you and knowing that. No matter what, that they're always there, and they instill like a, a, a discipline and a uh, work ethic in us, and a desire just to not give up no matter what. So that's a, a good thing. That oh yeah, to. for sure. And it's all about balance. Um, to be able to be like, okay, well, today I'm about to go in, and I think also with seeing them and still like working hard and this discipline and this motivation of like being the first and not the last and the head and not the tail. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Um, that keeps me, but it's also just like, I've also seen mommy work so hard. That's just like, okay, if I feel myself super stressed or, um, overworking, I take a break and find a little balance because I don't want to wait until I'm older to be able to enjoy the fruits of my labor. And I feel like mommy has worked so hard and now she's finally starting to enjoy it little by little, you know what I'm saying? In small ways, but us... Like, we're out here enjoying it while working hard and and trying to figure it out, you know. Um, and that's a blessing because you were also saying she didn't try to, like, force us to be what, she, even though she aspired and hoped for yeah. certain career paths. It was just like, well, if it happens, it happens. And she always supported us. And I am grateful for that because had it not been her for her support and love, I don't think I would be or you would be or Ephraim would be in our journeys and um and strong in ourselves, you know, because I think we would be so um, used to, like, depending on other people and what society is saying. Because I think as an African community, it's easy to just, you know, go with what the village says and follow and do as tradition. And it's just, like, um, a miracle that in her journey. And I also realized that I think it's, it's a spirit also from grandma. Because, like, in the, you know, with the tradition, traditional society and lifestyle, you know, it was different to be able to leave and live in a different village right and move and migrate and i think sometimes um people think of staying in one area is like the way of life like we're all nomadic in a way like we have to move to learn and i was telling mommy like i'm sure y'all try to shelter and protect us from everything but we need to leave a little bit to learn because like when you get a vaccine you're getting probably a little bit of the sickness into you so you can build an immunity you know so that's what life and danger is like we need to learn not to say we need to be exposed to everything but we fear what we don't know what we don't know so once we're kind of exposed or bring in a little bit of awareness that teaches us to be prepared and allows us you know to if we fall we know we can get back up instead of just saying okay well i'm not going to try because i'm scared of failing you know and that's amazing how you know we've seen um her you know fall and get back up and you know what i'm saying that taught us to fall and get back up and like that faith to be able to be like well you know it's in god's hands you know and i also think that for me it's like well what's the worst that can happen someone says no as we usually come to the end i like to like either share a poem i know you were saying you were listening to a song maybe about what was it Jim? well i was just like a uh 
his his album is was just called uh, Wasted Talent. Who's who's uh, album? Jim Jim Jones. Okay. But then um, it wasn't necessarily a song, but it was an interview I was just to, and they're asking like, why um, you um, named your album this stuff like that, and he just talked about how different things can be looking at like Wasted Talent, like you can. And he used, like I said, Cameron as an example. And he said that Cameron was like a stellar basketball player, but he ended up getting in trouble. So he didn't, um, he ended up getting derailed off that path, but he ended up being a superstar in a rap game. So it was like people could would consider him a waste of talent because he did he was supposed to be that, go to NBA and stuff like that, but he ended up being um, amazing and something else. So it's not saying that some people can look at waste of talent as a negative thing. So we can look at wasted talent as a positive thing, cause it's saying that maybe wasn't your purpose in this world. You weren't supposed to uh, do that. You maybe were good at that, but you were amazing at this other thing. So mm. it doesn't. It's not a negative connotation where you can say somebody where people always say wasted talent, and that's most of the time people in the, the hood or just black people. Period. Like that were good at a sport and they just got derailed off doing something else. In my case, like I could have, um, like people say, I could have played NFL. I didn't make it. Something like that. That could be considered like a waste of talent, but I'm saying no. I'm not gonna sit down and call that like a failure. I'm gonna go on to do other different things, which I always had, like a business acumen. So like that is something I always knew that was gonna be part of me no matter what. Like you can ask anybody, I always said I wanted to be a businessman. I wanted to own different things, because mm. I just couldn't understand the fact of, like you working so much, or like the person that you work for getting paid for the services like a hundred dollars, but then you only making like fifteen dollars over the hundred dollars I just that just could I never connected to like <laughs> that math like yeah. you know me so like somebody else is making it's like seventy five dollars you know say eighty five dollars I'm making fifteen dollars like, you know say or it's like a hundred dollars an hour and you're making twelve dollars an hour. Like I just never really it could never click to me that I'm gonna do all this and they're making that so that that's just something that always was Take control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm just so proud of you. I just want to say, you know, and I'm glad that you're finding your way and you, you know, didn't let, you know, your one way dream or goal at that time deter you from the other greatness that you have, you know, and I'm glad to know that you are focused, even though I may not know everything that's going on in your head to know that, you know, we come from the same home. So if I'm great, you're going great. We are going to be great and do great. Ephraim thinks that you're the only star in the family, but... (laughs) I disagree. I mean, not that. It's just like I've always, I don't know. I just had like a, um, I was just going to college and just seeing like these different things, and I just had a time of like just learning. Not in, a, yeah, I was in the educational setting of college stuff like that, but it was mainly I learned more off of just YouTube or just re, like just finding my own, not what they wanted us to learn, just finding my own truth, and that was like the main thing I figured out, like. And I just started listening to like different people, like Jay Z, mm. like just different like religious, different religious beliefs, and just saying like everybody's a god in their own way. So it's not like and no one person is more important than other person. Like we all do stuff the same way. We all we all are geniuses at something, mm. and you just it's up to you to find what your genius your your genius level at. This is up to you. It's not just like oh because he's this he's but he's everybody's meant to do great things in this world it's just up to you to find that greatness and if you don't that's just on you it's not like everybody has it inside you like we all put on our pants the same way it's no different person so it's up to you to just find that that genius level talent wherever it's at and that's just what i've been living by this is me dude well sir
Miss David Kamara, how are you on your way? Um, just just growing every day, just finding just different things to um to help my 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 goal, my end goal, not just satisfying, just not just basically not taking what they're the traditional form of you have to learn, you have to do this, you have to do that. Just saying, like Russell Westbrook would say, like why not? Like why? I was always we've always questioned everything and mm. just finding your truth and stuff like that. And I've always like even my IG caption is like. It says in search of true wealth, and that's not saying necessary in the form of monetary gains, but just wealth is you've seen poor people be happy and wealthy and rich, mm -hmm. and then you can have a person like Floyd Mayweather, which, which is he has all the riches in the world, but he's he's poor, like emotionally, mm -hmm. like he's a poor man, like yeah. you feel me? So, all that stuff does not, if all you can talk about is your money and all that sort of stuff, that's not being a wealthy or being a, a good person. I'd rather be a good person than other people and just. Like, we just left my grandma's funeral, and everybody's talking about, like, how she always helped people, always did everything. And, yes, yeah, she might not have had the most money, but that's way more valuable just knowing that you affected somebody's life and knowing that they could have had a different uh, path, but you intervened and did something. That's more important than a monetary game. Mm. Yes, I do want to have monetary games, but that's, <laughs> like, the elite. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's yeah. not something that you can strive for. I'd rather be rich emotionally and, and and knowing that I'm take care and I'm being the man that I'm supposed to be and just like when they look at back, back at me they can say he you know what I'm saying he had morals he did what he had to do and he never he was a good person mm. and that's all I really try to do and God will say job well done my son yo where can the people find you bro uh, well Instagram the great King David underscore it's private so I probably won't accept you but you can <laughs> <laughs> but you know you can just go and check it out but yeah that's Instagram that's I'll do no other social media Twitter there's a whole bunch of people talking bullshit it's really to my life so. alright <laughs> yo I love you man thank you love for you, sharing man. your story David you know this is Issei Cosette I'm always grateful for you guys listening and tuning in to these wonderful stories I hope you guys have a wonderful day be blessed.